Fantasy Film 101 with Christopher J. Garcia. I'm talking about a French film, so thus, forgive my accent. In 1930, Jean Cocteau directed the first part of what's called the Orphic Trilogy, Blood of a Poet, or The Blood of a Poet. It's a relatively amazing piece, largely because of its concept in general. And this is proof of something about the avant-garde used as fantasy by merely taking fantasy elements and then smashing them together in the context of a reality. This is, and it certainly sounds like, surrealism, which to me is the aspect of reality in which a dreamlike state has been applied. We tend not to dream in abstracts. We tend to dream in abstract concepts, but not abstract forms. When you look at it like the ideas here, such as the classic, an artist sketches a face, and then the mouth starts moving as if it's talking. So, of course, he erases it, he gets rid of it. But then he discovers that the mouth is now on his hand. And if you want to tie that into the history of film, it's all over the place. Predating this, of course, is the work of Langton and of Melier, in which a figure was drawn and then it would come to life. And we did an entire episode about art and film and imagery leaving the canvas. Well, then... What's fascinating here is that then the artist takes a nap and he places the mouth that's on his hand onto a female statue. In essence, he has taken from his creation, internalized it, and then externalized it again. He has transferred inspiration through his hand. There is no better metaphor for the entirety of creation of art than that. And of course, once the statue has a mouth, it can speak. And what the statue tells him is to move through a mirror, which takes him to a hotel, and there's all sorts of things that he sees there. Okay, let's divide these, these three parts, because this is only the first Two, this is the first half of two sections, of four sections. And the first part speaks, of course, about inspiration, about the artist as transfer methodology. And the mouth and the hand instantly brings to mind Vampire Hunter D. But there's certainly a lot of examples of that in the history of film. The speaking statue is any number of films. I could think of. Being transferred to a hotel is interesting. And my feeling about this is that David Lynch, in a lot of his pieces, I don't want to say apes Cocteau, but he does incorporate this. And the idea of passing through a mirror into another world, which is this hotel, 
definitely falls in a lynching mode. But here's the interesting thing. When he has seen enough, when he has been infected enough by the world that he has seen, the world that his art has driven him to, he attempts to commit suicide, and it doesn't work. This is a classic example of the idea that madness, that some other world is conquering of death, even when it's wanted. He eventually leaves this mirror world, and he destroys the statue. Another classic trope in the story of the artist. What Kato takes from is the history of film. There's a snowball fight, which absolutely 100% is referencing uh, the uh, Abel Gans of Napoleon. There's uh, opium smokers all over the place in this thing. There are There's a really weird section about a card shark, which I actually have a lot of problems with, because there's a table that's set up over a dead boy, which I'm not quite sure what that's about. But there are all these things, and it is 100% a fantasy, because it's a fantasy of the poet, of the artist. And it is using all these concepts from the, of the fantastic and presenting them in a somewhat realistic and also surrealistic way. It is the synthesis of all of this that makes it a fantasy. What I'm really really interested in in this one is the work of the statuary of these wire models that we see and are spinning and this idea that there are markers of the artist throughout this is just incredible this is a film that admittedly at about an hour it takes some watching it's a little bit mentally intensive, and you may not arrive at any sort of goal. But this is absolutely 100% a film of the fantastic. And it absolutely 100% should be seen as a fantasy film. Less an experimental film, I think. Because despite the fact that it is dealing in the avant-garde, it is being presented in a way that speaks to fantasy, that speaks to the mind of the artist, and it is not abstracting so much as it is recontextualizing within a world that is not ours. And to me, that makes this 100% fantasy.